0: Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. All right. Hi, and welcome to the maiden voyage of uh, On Culture. I'm Mike Sherman. Uh, I hope this uh, podcast and uh, the Embassy Substack newsletter will be uh, kind of an island of grace uh, in this uh, strange world uh, we're living in. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to On Culture wherever you find uh, podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Embassy Substack uh, newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. Uh, I am joined today for this maiden voyage by uh, one of my uh, best friends, Chad Myers, who was a uh, co-collaborator for our Rogue Table Talks uh podcasts. Hey Chad, how's it going?
1: Hey hey, glad to be here.
0: Joining you me from yourself. my
1: basement in Wentzville, yeah. Missouri. Wentzville <laughs> and Mo. Yeah, Chad Myers. Uh I'm I am uh currently on staff, at Mount Horwick United Methodist Church in South Carolina. I'm a virtual pastor. So am I really a pastor?
0: <laughs> right. We don't even know. Simulation is Virtually. So good. uh Yes. Uh, so, uh, we're going to talk about culture, uh, the intersection of culture and life and, and faith and um, all sorts of things as we go along. And I kind of wanted to talk about something that's a framework uh, for me for understanding culture and life and, and identity and all sorts of intersecting ideas that we'll talk about along the way in this podcast. And that's story, the idea of story. Um, and it might might sound a little, I don't know how that sounds to people, but, uh, I want to start, uh, by kind of talking about what are some of your favorite stories, some stories that are have stuck with you, memorable, um, impactful, you know, how would you answer that yeah. question?
1: Yeah, I think for me, probably somewhat in mainstream pop culture, I love the Harry Potter story. Uh, Harry Potter series. Um, I like to read. I, I'm a huge Tolkien fan. So I, uh, Lord of the Rings is probably hands down my favorite um, story. Uh, but there's other ones. One that always haunts me and I can never get away from is by Shell Silverstein, the giving tree. It's just mm. always some there and the, somewhere in the back of my head. Like there's just that haunting sad tale of the giving tree. So mm. those are a few of my favorite stories.
0: Mm. It's interesting. Cause you got a couple sort of, kind of sweeping epic long period of time lots of going stuff going on stories and you have one that's not that uh yeah. but by, by by way of story it conveys something you know uh big i i do think you know that what those you mentioned uh for some chronicles of narnia would be uh on that list especially if they're like reading them to their children but mm-hmm. you know again with you i think of things um that uh, there's a there's a little movie called Leave No Trace that I, that I've uh, I've mentioned to you know everybody I know at some point um, that through a story of a father and a daughter conveys something about about parenthood about love about brokenness uh, about all of that mixed together that uh, an essay or any other form. Uh, of communication couldn't quite get to, right? I mean, that's the thing about story. Uh, it resonates in a unique, in a unique way. Uh, I just read, uh, I'm in a big book club and we we read Graham Greene's The Power and the Glory uh, about this uh, priest who's uh, in, in Mexico, in a province of Mexico in the 40s where, where Catholicism was actually outlawed. And he's just this, you know, sort of, failed um failed priest in his own understanding in his own description and you know through this sort of dark and depressing story the you know the more he sort of understands his failure the more he sort of is you know crushed and low down the better christian he is if you will the better the more he exemplifies what it means to really love other people uh and it's just an, it, you couldn't you couldn't convey it another way. I and mean, the story is, is kind of unique. Um, and, you know, from The Lord of the Rings, there's one uh, quote that sort of gets to a, in a story talking about stories. This is Tolkien probably talking about um, maybe the story he's writing and other stories like it. And uh, it's a, if, if you're familiar with uh, The Lord of the Rings, I think it's when Sam and Frodo, they're in Minas Tirith and things are, uh, or maybe not. I can't remember, but things are bad. Things are, you know, fallen and it looks really hopeless uh, as they seek to get, you know, complete this, this quest to destroy this evil ring of power. And uh, Frodo's about to give up. Uh, And Sam uh, said, gives us a little speech. He says, it's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I I know now folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. What were they holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Uh, and that says something about, you know, the the role that story plays, helping him understand uh, this, his life. Because that's, I think, one of the, one of the, my fund, fundamental, you know, understandings about really life, I guess, is that uh, we're in a story. You know, we're in a big, sweeping, epic story with a beginning and the middle and an end. There's stuff that came before us long before we were, you know, born, and there's stuff happening now, and there's stuff ahead in the story. And stuff kind of makes sense. In the framework of a story, stuff makes sense. And in outside of the framework of the story, things, some things won't make sense. Um, because uh you know, you kind of got to know where you are in the story for it to make sense. So what do you I mean I want to throw that idea out you what do you think of that what do you do with that
1: well i tend to think that um story in the last probably 10 to 15 years um theology is usually based on francis schaefer one of the last disciplines to kind of catch up to where maybe philosophy starts the conversation um and i but thankfully uh theology has caught up and so there's a lot of Books and teaching around story and how the Bible is a big story. Um, but I think, even more kind of down to human nature, we think in the realm of story and we live in the realm of story. Story is what allows us to ascribe meaning to life, which, uh, and that's what we are, uh, is we are meaning makers. And so, whether we realize it or not, we are always adding interpretive meaning to our lives. Uh, But we do so on the basis of story. I'm uh, a victor. I'm a villain. Uh, I'm the good guy. I'm the bad guy. Uh, These are this is the battle I have to fight. This is the uh, opposing team, if you will. But what we're doing almost on a subconscious level is we are saying our lives are stories and my life is a story. and. Uh, there's tragedy and loss and friends. And, you know, if you think about in, in, in the realm of story, in a plot, we think about what is my what is my purpose and meaning? What's my plot? So, you know, even uh, theology aside, everyone tends to uh, interpret their lives through the lens of story because they want to have meaning and purpose. And then to your point, I do think in the theological world, we uh, have come from a post-enlightenment era which was very propositional truth-based so here's the facts and if you can agree with the facts and take the facts in um, then you can be on this side of faith uh, or if you need to grow into spiritual maturity you just need more facts and it's not that there's not truth in that it's just that it's not very robust and so mm-hmm. thankfully now we're we're talking in the realm of the whole composition of scripture is less about these individual factual truths and how does it all fit together as a story and what does that mean for us right now in 2022
0: yeah i think that's i think we we um we are wired i think to think about life or to live life knowing at some level that we're we're in a story as you said And, uh, but I think obviously people can go long stretches of their lives and forget that, or just kind of get away from that. And instead, maybe, um, life is about circumstances that I'm in that aren't connected to necessarily anything else. And it's about improving my circumstances, um, you know, making more money, uh, you know, uh, taking a vacation, um, you know buying a bigger house, you know, getting my kids into college, you know, whatever it is, like it's, it's about correctly believing the right things for me in general. as a backdrop for then doing the right things to get the right results. And if everything is sort of in the right category, I think we can sort of fool ourselves into thinking, well, that's life. Um, But because of this actual story we're in, that doesn't work for forever. It doesn't work for very long. That something will come along and mess all that up. And if we don't have any framework for it, I think it's it's uh, it's often very debilitating to people um, because they can't. I don't have a bucket to put into. I was doing everything right, and I didn't get this right result. So what do I what do I do with that? you know I was doing everything right but my kids turned out here and didn't want mm-hmm. you know the future i had for them or i was doing everything right and then this happened uh you know in my job um and so you know it doesn't make sense and it, it because i wasn't trying to make sense of it before it doesn't make sense now i was winning before and now it feels like i'm not and i i feel like especially in a sort of prosperous relatively peaceful world culture that we live in here in America or in the, or large, a lot of the West, it's easy to fool yourself into thinking you're immune from the story. And you're just sort of doing the right thing to get the right outcome. Um, and, you know, what, do you agree with that? And then what are the outcomes of, you know, what happens to that sort of person, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree with that. I, I think of, advertising is trying to get you to buy into a certain story where like you're a saying, one. a small story. So, you know, capital S story, is there a big meta narrative that's um, kind of overarching this whole thing? And then what are the smaller stories uh, that maybe we buy into, but you know, advertising is a sense of story. Like your life is tragic unless you buy this robot vacuum essentially is the messaging <laughs> right. you're you're an unhappy character because you oh. haven't hit this tax break. you know you haven't done whatever got the vacation home, uh whatever america tries to sell us on is a lot of things mm-hmm. um fame power sex glory all those things but yes so then if we if we think that's the story we buy into it until it doesn't work and for most people it something will happen like you said, yep. the kids don't want anything to do with us, we lose our job. But to me, that is that is like a you could call it a severe mercy or a gift of grace. Like that's the opportunity to reevaluate your interpretive lens of life. That's the opportunity to say, Maybe that story wasn't satisfying for a reason. Like it worked for me for a while, yep. but now it doesn't. So to your question, if I don't respond to that invitation, what does that mean? Do I try to work harder? in that story then to try to you know make it happen to make it work then i'll right. probably do some sort of violence to the other characters in that story because it fundamentally doesn't work
0: yeah yeah i so. think that's right i think if like we are in a story and if i'm not living it the if i'm not living it consciously in this story to some degree i'm going to you know mess up other people's lines and blocking and be in the wrong place and show up in the wrong scenes and and all of that. So let me just take a, a, a minute or two uh, and just, you know, very, very quickly describe kind of what I think the story that we're living in is and how it really impacts culture in particular and really uh, all sort of the rest of life. You know, I, I have this, I, I have a picture that I drew my own, my own self uh, and it's um, <laughs> shows uh uh, but if it's like, a, and I'll post it on in the, in the show notes, and it's you know it's on the the, the embassy, it'll be on the first uh, uh, embassy uh, newsletter. Uh, but if you have kind of a timeline, let's picture at the top of the page and on the left side of the page is kind of goes off in eternity past, and on the right side of the page it goes off into eternity future. Uh, you know that we're in this eternal story, and at some point there's a creation. Some point we come on the scene; the universe comes on the scene let there be light, big bang, Um, however you want to envision that. Uh, I'm not not interested in getting into the details of that just now, Uh, but that might just say that kind of comes down off that big line, there's a creation, and we are here, we are in a relationship with other uh, created things, we're in a relationship with God. Uh, And then the next big thing that happens is a fall, that we turn away, that we are, we sort of reject this, uh created state, and we wanna kind of take the reins uh on our own. we wanna take the pen out of the author's hand and and write our own story uh and then w- now post fall we're in this stage of redemption awaiting uh and i think somewhere along the stage of redemption uh i'm a christian we're christians we you know uh, christ comes to uh, further and to complete and to Uh, confirm this redemptive story. And in the future, we will kind of rejoin that eternal story in some sense that we don't fully understand. Uh, And that's, you know, can be called recreation uh, or consummation. So creation, fall, redemption, recreation is sort of the four main uh, parts of this movements of the story. And we're, we're somewhere in the middle of it. We don't know how far we are from the end uh, of this particular story. And I think the reason this is important is because we, our understanding of the story we're in, we, everything about us is distorted from the fall, that we're created as, as someone who bears the image of God. And so that means to some degree able to love and experience love and beauty and joy and able to understand the sacred and uh, able, able to have meaning and able to create and be creative as subcreators, as because we're made in this image of God. But all of that wonderful stuff is distorted uh, by the fall. That with it's marred, like our own pride and our own self-interest and our own selfishness and our own fear and anxiety get in the way of all of that and mix in with all of that. And it's in that intersection that. Out of that intersection comes everything that we do in life, culture, art, relationships, uh, vocation. You know, family. Everything is in this setting, uh, in this movement of redemption, where we are image bearers, and so able to able to love, uh, and able to experience and create beauty, but also able to mess up loving relationships and 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 marring. Uh, beauty and joy and that all everything that's really transcendent comes from this eternal story that we're in and our connection to it is what uh, keeps you know everything that is transcendent in our story and the more we sort of disconnect from that eternal story we get the sort of circumstantial life where we're just trying to get the next better thing and there's an emptiness to it because we're not living the story that we want to live uh, I, mean, I mean that's not my unique formulation uh, but it's kind of the way i'm thinking about it uh as i'm thinking about culture in particular uh and so there what that means is i can't just do anything i want because it doesn't always make sense in the story uh, and not just because hurting you is bad but there's a reason hurting you is bad in a that connects to some transcendent story that we're all a part of um uh, so that's what like so just respond to that that's that's yeah. kind of uh, well, my understanding
1: Yeah, I was introduced to that framework uh, at Covenant and Seminary, and i I think it's a very satisfying framework uh, and that's what I'll say like the reason I'm a Christian is not because it has answered every single question hundred percent it's that it's to me provided the most satisfying answers to questions and that's that's why we're talking about story. if I can even back up and say stories uh, or, or the story, whatever you would say about that, uh, is an answer to fundamental human questions. Like, where did we come from? Uh, where is it all going? What's wrong with the world? Like what's wrong with me and how does that get fixed and worked out? And is there some purpose or meaning? Like, is there some cohesion that's holding it all together? And the way we answer that is actually our meta story so mm-hmm. that's where you know you're saying well we came uh from cre- we were created in some way we have intrinsic value but we're fallen and broken and we contribute to the evil in this world but there's also a cosmic evil there's a cosmic evil yes that is not just within me it's it's some spiritual warfare if you will some type of uh, cosmic force that is not not for peace uh and then there is an outside source that is fixing and healing everything that was broken, and this is where it's all going. So, so that's a brief uh, summary of your your points. But I think everyone everyone thinks is thinking how to answer those questions. So we're we're creating the, uh, a meta story, if you will, uh, or we're looking to uh, universities or pop culture to help give us a meta story. Uh, such as you know atheism is another one like we didn't come from a divine being uh, there's nothing really wrong with me we just need more education or better mm-hmm. cultural systems or politics can fix everything. so there's other competing uh capital s stories out there uh and so i think it's important to understand the st- the capitalist stories are there because we have these fundamental human questions
0: right yeah, that's right. And I think that's it's it's, it's hard to get away from uh, that if you wanted to adopt a materialistic or secular view, scientific view of, you know, the Big Bang happened for reasons we don't know. And, you know, the universe um, progressed and life appeared for reasons we're not completely sure of. And uh, you're right. We, as we're at this point, we just need to, to learn more. To understand more to understand ourselves more and we'll it'll be upward and onward uh, and that's a story that we can't have the life we we should have without god or without any other sort of external meaning but that's still just another story uh that's it's just a replacement story for the first story um, and i think that's like I, because i think we're made in the image of god and we're made in this story that we can't really get away from it and i i do think that Without some bigger story like this, it is impossible to make sense of what the the life we're actually living in the presence of evil, in the presence of good, the presence of transcendence. Uh, because in a, in a, a story that isn't connected to that eternal story, what is love really? Uh, is it anything more than self interest? And does laying down my life for my brother make any sense at all if I'm not connected to some bigger story? Um, if there's not something that's transcended and beyond, um, and I think that's, it's in all of those questions that things like relationships, meaning art, culture, all of that stuff is sort of, we're we're experiencing it within that, within that lens. And I think it's one of the things I want to think about is how does all of that play out and how do I understand it? Um, because Apart from that, things like what is really good? I want to do good in the world. I want to do good for you. I want to do good for me, for my family. What does that even mean? If it's unattached from some bigger good that existed before me, then all it means is just my preferences, really, and what I want. You know, good and what I want become almost the same thing. and. Of course, I think if we've lived very long at all, we know that what I want isn't always good. <laughs> like that doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, and so why? Well, because you know what I want that's often right, yeah. harms me. Yeah, harms others. You know, and so on. Um, and so then, where does this idea of good come from? And if we don't want to think we're accountable to a bigger idea of good, that's actually not. That's actually not great uh, for us, uh, because we're left in this sense of. Now I'm not just my preferences, but I'm at the whim of your preferences. You know, what You know what if you're a sociopath and what seems good to you is really horrible? Who am I to say, well, that's wrong without appealing to some bigger part of the story that there was right and wrong before we ever came on the scene. And there is an eternal good and an eternal evil, and that we sort of live in this intersection of the story and one day the, the evil will be vanquished and we can live in the hope of that because we know, we understand the story. Uh, and I, but I do think because we're fallen, there's part of us that wants to keep exempting ourselves from the story, giving ourselves permission to it just in this case, I'm going to do what I want. Right.
1: Well, I think if we admit, maybe there's an overarching principle uh, you could say right and wrong um, or external source of truth, then we may have to admit that we're responsible and be held accountable. And I think probably something inside of us in human nature uh, would like to live in the ivory tower of postmodernity. And I know we're not in postmodernism anymore, but which is basically I would like what I do to not have any consequences. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we are in that conversation anymore, but I think fundamentally we still would love for that to be (laughs) some of a reality. But if we acknowledge there's some guiding principle uh, to this life, then um, we have to accept responsibility. I, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, you know, you are where you are today as a result of your choices. You know, I think this person ha- has a Christian worldview, but they also said, "Yeah, but well, the other side of that is, you are where you are today, not just because some mystic force has been guiding you, but because of you've made choices." We're active in the story. Yeah, yeah we're we're right. we're full participants, and and yeah. God is, um he's not just comfortable with that. That's his enjoyed design. Is that we're responsible mm-hmm. agents? Part of it, it-
0: yeah, it's part of what it means to be made in the image of God, right? Um, is that we are, uh, we have the ability that we have agency, we have the ability to move and and do stuff. Um, and so that's kind of where that's sort of the framework for, um, you know, understanding ourselves, understanding our our identity, our purpose, you know, transcendence, you know, relationships, loves, losses, uh, are within the story. And so we'll come back to it, uh, I think you know this idea uh often that's kind of why I wanted to start with it and it, it, as you said uh postmodernism is this idea that I can write my own little story that's unique to me and I get to be basically God in my own little story, but that doesn't really w- work uh because we're we're not in a little story, we're in a bigger story uh and I think we're sort of discovering that, but I think every once in a while we like to retreat back to it and 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 do it on our own um so as we go, as we think about, you know, going forward, a couple of things just to leave everybody with um, that, you know, maybe uh, you think of your favorite stories in a different way. Maybe they resonate in a different way now or the next movie you watch or the next book you read. You're thinking about it in the sense of how does this uh, connect, you know, in this bigger story. And, you know, how do I think about, about it differently? Well, uh, and what, also, what oh,
1: questions is, sorry, but yeah, I re, I'm glad you're going there. But what questions uh, is this story trying to answer and what answers is it providing? Like, is there yeah, redemption even, for this person or something? like
0: that? Right. Even if, if, if it's not a, a spiritual story or, you know, we're Christians, but it, it doesn't, this applies everywhere. I mean, it's a very general, I mean, if we're all in the story, we're all in the story and uh so you know what uh, even if it's not anything like that there is still some sort of you know what is it saying about redemption and love and life and meaning and purpose and uh you know all of that 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 i think would might cause us to you know think again uh but then also i think that being in this story should give us hope that we don't have to have everything figured out that there is an author you know that there is a story that we're in and i i am not the author of everything so i don't have to explain everything or figure everything out that there's some that's where faith is part of the story but then also hope because i hope even though things are bad as sam said to frodo that there will this part will be the the, the shadow will be passing because there's someone in charge of the story who will make it so again maybe after i'm dead uh, but I'm part of that story as well. But My story doesn't end when I die. It's part of the eternal story as well. So, you know, thinking about that, thinking about life, thinking about story, asking those questions, but also thinking about how that connects to faith, how that connects to hope. Uh, and so I hope that's something that uh, will carry you through and uh, we'll talk again uh, the next time we get together for On Culture. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to On Culture, a podcast of the Embassy Newsletter. Have a question? Send it to the embassy at substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.